emergency podcast territory for one reason. Carlos Correa is in the NL East, an absolute... Oh, my days. There's just absolute chaos going on here. No one knew what was happening. John Heyman reporting overnight, well, morning time for the UK, that Carlos Correa had made a U-turn. Him and the Giants seemingly uh, hit a stumbling block over the medical. Steve Cohen, he doesn't care about medicals. He doesn't. Well, Correa still needs to do a medical with the Mets. But reaction, immediate reaction to Carlos Correa signing with the new York Mets plus the Marlins miss out on another free agent option. And what does this mean for the Marlins? And actually, all of this spending and the beast in the NL East, does that mean the Marlins should or are doing the right thing in slow playing things in 2022? Plenty to get into on today's episode. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you are watching, welcome. If you are listening, also welcome. Hit subscribe wherever, you, wherever you're watching or listening. This, this podcast remains daily, it seems, at the moment. Like I said, if there is news to talk about, there will be a show. And this, this is certainly in emergency podcast territory. Boy, oh boy, things got wild this morning. Woke up, 6.30 a.m., usual morning. Son wanted to play on his iPad. Daughter wants to have a lie-in. Tara having a lie-in. I was singing songs from Dirty Dancing after we watched that last night. I felt alive watching Dirty Dancing, by the way. Big recommendation. Go watch Dirty Dancing. It's a stunning film and gets you you pumped, no doubt. Anyway, this morning, back to this morning. Woke up and the news drops that Carlos Correa is signing with the Mets. Er, Hold up. Hold on a minute. What's going on? Didn't Carlos Correa already, well, the Marlins already checked in on him. Um, They put forward a one-year, 20 million deal. I don't know what it was, something in that range. He ends up signing with the Giants after the Giants couldn't get a deal done for Aaron Judge or Carlos Rodon, probably. Um, so Carlos Correa was a giant, felt like a stunning, stunning deal. The biggest ever deal for a shortstop. Everyone getting really hyped about that one. Rightly so. Carlos Correa, uh, it felt like a really good fit in many ways. Um, Brandon Crawford, he took it like a pro, like a man. Crawford saying, hey, I'm, I'm happy to play in any position. I'm going to start working on my left field, left field defense, start working on that arm. Ah, I guess Crawford can stop all that work now. Um, (laughs) He's going back to shortstop. But the news broke yesterday. Uh, The Carlos Correa press conference was delayed. I did put the eyes emoji out there. I was like, hey, what's going on here? Where's where's this press conference? Where's the introductory presser? A couple of people came back to me. Hey, there was an earthquake in the area. Um, That's why they postponed it. Okay, cool. Next thing is, uh, the news broke. There's been a hiccup. Let's say there's been some problems with the medical. Okay, what does that mean? They're waiting for more information. Next thing is, we heard nothing more other than the fact this morning, John Heyman reports 
Carlos Correa to the Mets. Holy smokes, how about those Mets? Steve Cohen is just, he wanted Correa and he found a way to get Correa. I absolutely love it for the Mets. I love it for the drama, baseball drama. This is high drama when the biggest free agents in 2022 slash 23 ends up signing with another team. <laughs> the absolute scenes going on here. Just crazy, crazy scenes. But what does it all mean? Let's take a moment to sit back, pause, and reflect on this one. There's some works going on in my house now as well. <laughs> it feels like the house is about to come down. But Carlos Correa, there you go. That's ended. <laughs> Carlos Correa ends up signing with the Mets. Where's he going to play for the Mets? It sounds like third base. They've already got Frankie Lindor. They've already got Jeff McNeil playing second base. They've already got Pete Alonso, of course, playing first base. Boy, oh boy, the Mets infield is loaded. And this is where things start to get interesting. The Mets, they've absolutely blown past the luxury tax threshold. They don't care about the luxury tax threshold. Steve Cohen doesn't care. This is the cost of doing business. And this is the cost of building teams to have the chance to actually go out and win. Steve Cohen doesn't care. Is it a loss-making business for him and the Mets? I don't know. Wouldn't it be wild if actually Steve Cohen is still turning a profit with the Mets? Would be a big middle finger up to the fans, right? He's blown past this threshold. He's got to pay tons of penalties. Actually, that's good for the Marlins. So listen, for the Mets, keep spending. Keep spending! I think the Marlins get a cut of this uh, luxury tax money. So that's good. That's another... Two million a year is a reliever they'll probably go with. But Steve Cohen, he does not care. He wants to go and get a victory. This is it. This is it. Steve Cohen, he isn't in it to just play 500 ball and see what happens. Steve Cohen wants to win. And he's, you know, he probably has an ego to go with it. And wants to hold up the fact that, hey, me, Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, we won the World Series. And actually, he's probably thinking, we won Back-to-back -back World Series or three World Series in 10 years. I don't know. Steve Cohen wants to win. He wants to win now. He doesn't care about the money. He is throwing it at it and creating what seemingly on the face of it is one hell of a team. However, the other thing we have to consider here on the Mets, before we kind of talk about the Marlins ramifications, um, and this, you know, hey, welcome to Locked On Mets. I'm sure Locked On Mets will absolutely be covering this in depth. I'm, I'm sure Locked On Giants will absolutely be covering this too. Looking forward to both of those episodes. Go and check them out. I'm sure they'll be dropping later today. No doubt about it. But from a Mets perspective, they have, they have thrown so much dough at it. Here's the question, though. Have they got fundamentally better? I mean, it feels like they've just paid in many ways, to, to keep at a level. Yes, I mean, they won 100 games. So <laughs> actually, maybe that's what you have to do. You had you had guys, i.e. Nimmo, that had a career year. You want him back. DeGrom, they couldn't get a deal done. You get Verlander. Okay. In a sense, Correa is the one true upgrade, I'd say, that they've done. They've added, you know, bullpen guys and rotation guys, but they've lost them too. You know, they lost DeGrom. They lost Bassett. So they've gone and signed some guys to replace them. They've lost some, bull, lost some bullpen guys, and they've gotten signed guys to replace them. It's all just the cost of doing business in the free agent market. No trades happening for the Mets, but with Correa, this is the one. Steve Cohen, he was in on him, couldn't get a deal done seemingly originally. Now he was available, and he goes and gets it, and for me, that is an upgrade. Stick him in at third base, Correa there. That is an upgrade over Escobar or, or anyone else who was playing there in that spot. 
I don't know what they're doing in the DH spot. I mean, looks like big Dan, Dan Vogelback's still doing his thing. So I think there's still even more that the Mets could do. I think they could... Hey, listen, it's it wouldn't be totally shocking if they blow, back, if they blow past $1 billion of committed money this offseason. Wouldn't that be wild for the Mets if they did that? Wouldn't it be wild? It truly would. Oh, boy, I need to take a breath. But while I do that... I'll let you know about our good friends over at Bet Online, and I should have got this prepared earlier. <laughs> but BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds for every league out there, every single one of them, every league, every sport doesn't matter. BetOnline.net—they've got you covered. They've also got some podcasts. I know you love your podcasts. So hit them up too at BetOnline. Um, they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device and bet online where the game starts. Okay, I've taken a breath. I summed it up. It's an absolute stunner. Stunner. What does this mean for the Marlins, though? Let's try and remind ourselves that this is a Locked On Marlins podcast. Well, the ramifications are interesting. The Mets are in, are in the division with the Marlins. The Marlins have to face off against not only the Mets with Steve Cohen at the helm doing his thing. They've got the Braves in there that have pretty much won the division, what, five years on the spin? Something like that. And then the Phils that have just been the World Series. You've got three spending juggernauts in the division. And yes, it can be a bit up and down for these teams. We've seen the Mets in 21. They tanked. The Phils in, in 2020. Absolutely terrible. In 2021, terrible. They got hot at the right time, the Phils. So I think you do need to take this division with a pinch of salt. And you have to take baseball with a pinch of salt. Things can happen. Performances can go sideways. It doesn't always relate to how much dough you spend. But, but, Bruce Sherman is sitting there and thinking, boy, oh boy, how do I compete with these guys? <laughs> Rightly so. Rightly so. Um, it's... It must be demoralizing. Is it demoralizing? Yeah, I think it must be partly demoralizing the fact that all this is happening in the division. And, well, the funny thing is, is actually the Mets and the Phils, those are the two clubs that actually, they, the Mets, are they, they've gone to another level. The Phils, though, have been at that level of spending for some time, and the Braves play their own game. They do things differently, too. They've been really smart, uh, and they're a great organization. I've said it many, many times. The way the Braves operate is immense. And their payroll for the talent on that roster, it doesn't line up. You know, the Braves, they've got a lot of really good guys on really kind of undervalue uh, contracts overall. They're smart. They're smart. That's that's really where the Marlins need to try and get to. And actually for them, if they were able to uh, find, find these guys, if they were able to draft and develop the guys the Braves are the blueprint that the Marlins should be looking to. Not the Phils and the Mets that just free spenders. It's never going to be the case. The Braves are. But Bruce Sherman must be sitting there thinking, boy, oh boy, how do we compete here? Um, and actually, financially, you can't. You can't compete with these guys. There's no point thinking about it. And so every year, and let's think about next year, next offseason, who's going to be around Shoei Otani? Is he going to be a Met? He probably will be. Like, Steve Cohen will go, we need Otani as well. If they don't win it this year, we need Otani. I'm, I can I can tell you right now, if, if the Mets don't win anything 
in 22, Otani will be a Met. <laughs> it's guaranteed because he will just, he'll make it happen. Manny Machado, likely to opt out. Is there a space for that? I mean, maybe there is a space for him on the Mets too. Maybe the Mets just double down next offseason, Machado and Otani, and let's roll. I mean, the Yankees may have something to say about that, maybe one or two other teams, but just the dynamic in baseball now, the finances, the way that teams are operating, it's wild. It's completely different. And really, you've got you've got such a disparity that is growing and growing and growing that it's the, the interesting part now is what does it mean for the future of the game? Because at some point there will be like anything, because American sports typically, because there is no relegation and promotion and any of that, American sports in the main are the the, the approach or the plan is to have an even playing field as best you can. So you don't have years and years of dominance based on just money. And I do wonder if all of a sudden things may start to shift, conversations may start to happen around the future of the game and some of the restrictions or if they revisit whether a salary cap should be implemented, whether it shouldn't, whether a salary floor should be implemented, whether it shouldn't. Hey, even throw in there, should promotion and relegation be considered? It never would be because that's not the way um, these major U.S. Uh, leagues operate. They don't. doesn't exist. Franchises, they're, you know, they're effectively just churning dough, no risk. If you're terrible, no risk. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It's the beauty of these teams for all these owners. At the end of the day, these owners, this is a profit-making situation for them. They are coining it, absolutely coining it, selling us to the fans that hey, it's it, we're hard up and whatever. It's a lie. It is an absolute lie. Biggest lie that I don't think anyone believes anyway. We know the situation. These owners are coining it in big time, trying to sell hardship to the fans. It's a lie. Huge lie. Steve Cohen is demonstrating that to everyone with aplomb. Steve Cohen He's still going to make the Mets profitable, even after what he's done this offseason. And once everyone realizes that, we can all acknowledge that the majority of the owners are just pocketing the dough. Like, from a Marlins perspective, what do you get? You get all the, the national TV. You get all the rights. You get all of this, all of that revenue sharing, uh, luxury tax payments, the lot. And what do you do? Spend $100 million on the roster and a little bit in, you know, you, you go and build a a camp in, in the Dominican or whatever it might be. What happens with the rest of the money? Bruce Sherman buys another yacht, <laughs> whatever it might be. That's just the reality. Let's also talk about the other news that broke last night for the Marlins um, because I'm going off on multiple tangents here and I'm just I'm just giddy. I'm, a, I'm giddy and excited about this situation because it's just wild. The fact that Correa has U-turned and gone to the Mets, Steve Cohen just does not care and for me, that has just thrown all of the cards up in the air about what we thought we knew about baseball, baseball owners, and baseball economics. We don't know anything. Why don't we know anything? Because the finances aren't visible. So we don't know anything because, well, the owners don't want us to know anything. That's why. And why don't they want us to know anything? Because they're absolutely lying to us. They're coining it on every team. I've made that point twice. We'll move on. Brandon Drury, another free agent that the Marlins were in on. And they were in on, by all accounts. They likely made a two-year offer, maybe more. Who knows? The Marlins end up getting beat out by the Angels. 
So Drury with a two-year deal to the Angels, 17 million in total, I believe. I think there was an opt-out in there. That seems to be uh, the, the norm at the moment where you've got these opt-outs in. Um, but again, another free agent that the Marlins were making offers to and the guy, the player, ends up going somewhere else. This has been the theme. It's it's a worrying theme. And I'd love to know as well what, what some of the, the current Marlins players think about it. If you're listening, guys, DM me in confidence. You know me. I'm a, I'm a vault. We'll share the information. I'd love to get you get your take on it in terms of how you feel the fact that seemingly no one wants to come to play in Miami. Offensive guys anyway. We talked about it yesterday on the episode that probably the pitching guys, i.e. Cueto or any pitcher, would want to pitch with the Marlins for multiple reasons. But offensively, the Marlins couldn't get it done. I joked about it on Twitter this morning. And sometimes it's not easy to work out what is a joke, what's the truth, what's the reality, what's Pete actually saying. But I jokingly, truthfully said, we're approaching that space now, guys, where Brian Anderson on a one-year $4.5 million deal is is close. (laughs) It wouldn't shock me at all. Okay, they didn't tender him a contract because they felt that the arbitration number was too high. Maybe if the market is cool on Brian Anderson and all of a sudden uh, the market is also cool on the Marlins, there could be a good fit there. Maybe Brian Anderson back to the Marlins on a $3 million, $4 million deal, one-year deal, wouldn't be the worst thing, would it? I actually wouldn't, wouldn't think it would be. Um, I think we're, we're probably a little bit uh, unfair with BA. And I think if BA is healthy, um, there's, there is value there, particularly at like three, four million. Um, but I'm going to have to wait and see where they go. But fundamentally, guys, the offseason for the Marlins, another free agent is off the board. They can't get anything done. The division is absolutely loaded, loaded. The Mets upping up like you've never seen before. The Phil's doing the same. The Braves... Feeling the pain a little bit. They, you know, they run things differently. They're not as free spending, but still their core is immense. Immense. The Marlins have signed zero free agents. It is Wednesday, the 21st of December. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. I'm going to go and sit down, lie down, and just ponder on this whole situation. Absolutely wild that Carlos Correa is a New York Met. I'll see you soon, guys.